Area 941 podcast are produced and distributed by Community Powered 94.1 KPFA Radio. Please help support Area 941 at kpfa.org. This is the Area 941 Radio Walensky Podcast. I'm your host, Richard Walensky. My guest is Margot Hall, who is the Artistic Director of Lorraine Hansberry Theater in San Francisco. She is also a featured player in the film Blind Spotting, which can be watched on the Roku app, and in the TV series Blind Spotting, which is on Stars. Lorraine Hansberry Theater's first in-theater show since the pandemic is Intimate Apparel by Lynn Nottage, which plays through April 16th at the Magic Theater in San Francisco. And for more information, you can go to lhtsf.org. Margot Hall has established herself as one of the premier actors on Bay Area stages, having performed at Marin Theater Company, Cal Shakes, Shotgun Players, ACT, and elsewhere. A playwright whose work appeared at Berkeley Rep, she has also directed several plays around the area and currently teaches at both UC Berkeley and Chabot College. Margot Hall, how did you become the artistic director of Lorraine Hansberry Theater? Were you approached by someone? Did someone approach you? How did that work? It's an interesting story because I actually have been approached in the past after Stanley and Quentin unfortunately passed away. I was approached at that time, but I wasn't ready yet. And then uh, about maybe three years ago, I was approached again. And I was still really enjoying my freelance career. And I just didn't really see myself as an artistic director. And then the pandemic hit and we're in 2020 and the world is falling apart. George Floyd is killed. Brianna Taylor is killed. Just so much going on. And I had a moment of clarity where I decided that I needed to put my energy towards the Black theaters in our community because I figured that they would be the first company to fall, mainly because of lack of funding. So I reached out myself and a few other folks reached out to Lorraine Hansberry Theater and said, what can we do? I was coming in as a volunteer. I said, I just want to be here to support. I am shifting my energy from other theater companies and coming with all of my energy for Lorraine Hansberry Theater. We met with Stephanie Schaffner and also Daryl B. Jones was the interim artistic director at that time. It was myself, a gentleman named Cleavon, who's a local playwright here, they were like, great, you know, these are some of the things we need help with. I also, at that same time, started a Black theater fund through GoFundMe. I decided, along with Aldo Billingsley, we were in a meeting and I said, wouldn't it be great if we just did a GoFundMe right now for Black theaters across the United States? Aldo ran with that. And we started a GoFundMe. We did a reading of a new play. We raised $146,000. We gave that money 
to about 12 theaters across the United States, black theaters. So at that time, Stephanie and I, who's the managing director, were on a call and she said, would you like to take a walk? And I said, sure. So we went for a walk. We took a little hike up in Montclair. We just started talking about the theater. And at that point, they were looking for an artistic director because Daryl at that time was just the interim director. And he was scheduled to move on. Stephanie basically said, would you be interested in taking on this position? And I said, yes, I'm ready to do this now. That's how I became the artistic director. And then September of 2020, we announced everything. One of my biggest plans for the theater was to focus on Black female and femme-identifying playwrights. What do you mean by femme-identifying? Does that mean like trans women? It doesn't necessarily mean trans. It's basically non-binary women, or not necessarily women, femme-identifying women who could be trans, could be non-binary, that identify as female. At that particular time, when Daryl V. Jones was there, where was the physical theater? Lorraine Hansberry Theater has not had a theater since... Uh, when Stephen Anthony Jones took over after Stanley and Quentin passed away. So they were performing at the African American Cultural Center, which is on Fillmore Street. So that's in the Burial Clay Theater. That is where Lorraine Hansberry Theater was performing for, I would say, for about the last four years. But during the pandemic, that shut down. And we were not clear when it was going to reopen. Well, no one was open, right? So we were all trying to figure out what is this going to look like? And when theaters did open, where would we be, right? When things shut down, Intimate Apparel by Lynn Nottage, directed by Jan Hunter, that was supposed to be in that theater, correct? That is correct. It was supposed to open at the African American Cultural Center, and they were just about to go into previews. Costumes, set, everything. And literally, it was like, we're shutting down. Get your things, and everyone has to leave this space. And we had offices there. That was our place. So when you came in, you knew that Intimate Apparel would probably be the first show when things reopened? Actually, we weren't sure what was going to happen. We normally have a holiday show every year called Soulful Christmas. That was March when that got shut down, right? So when we go back around to March, we're still closed. Everything is still closed. So at that point, just based on finances and everything the theater had gone through financially, we figured the first show will probably be our annual holiday show because that would be a wonderful thing for folks to come back together to celebrate the holidays. And it's a you know beautiful musical piece that's just really inspiring and uplifting. So we thought about that. But what we did is we did a radio play version of Intimate Apparel because our actors were still really eager to get that story out there. So we did a radio play that was produced at Z Space. 
And that went really well. But we still felt, at least for me and Stephanie, that we really wanted to see this play on its feet. We felt like it didn't have a chance and we were so close. So I said the next play should be Intimate Apparel. Let's figure out how to make it happen. So when Sean got appointed the artistic director of the Magic Theater, Sean San Jose, he contacted me because, you know, we're also Campo Santo, which we both were founding members of, along with Michael Torres and Luis Saguar. May he rest in peace. So Sean said, hey, what about if Lorraine Hansberry Theater became a resident theater company at The Magic, since you all don't have a space right now? And we thought, wow, wouldn't that be exciting to have Lorraine Hansberry Theater, Campo Santo, The Magic Theater, and Sean reached out also to Idris Cooper and Fuwoshe for her theater company and bring us all under one roof. That's how that came about. I was excited about that. You know, my brother, Sean, we've had known each other for many, many years. We just thought it was another opportunity also to open up the audience at the magic to the work of Lorraine Hansberry Theater. Margot Hall, when you have Camposanto, the magic, and Lorraine Hansberry all operating out of the same theater, it means three different artistic directors have to coordinate to make sure that these shows don't step on each other because it's yeah. one theater. Yeah, but you know, one of the things, again, that I am interested in is nurturing and growing artists. So I didn't necessarily come in and say, we have to do four shows a year and these are the shows I want to do and this is our season. I didn't look at it that way. I looked at it as an opportunity to possibly do two fully staged shows and use the other portion of the year to launch my New Black Voices initiative. What that is, is an initiative to create a mentorship between established Black female and femme-identifying playwrights with emerging Black female and femme-identifying playwrights for a year-long mentorship. It could be one-on-one. It could be a group of established mentors working with a group of mentees. What we want to do is nurture these emerging playwrights and have them write a play. Out of that, we would do workshops with these playwrights, we would do readings, and we would really nurture that playwright and also introduce them to local artists here to create new work. That has been part of my mission to have space for that program as opposed to just doing a lot of production. In other words, there may not be that many actual productions under the auspices of Lorraine Hansberry Theater because this other project is just as important, if not more so. That's correct for now. I think the goal is to get these playwrights to write plays that we can also produce and then get our own space. We have a lot of big goals, and one of the big goals is to get our own space. Then we can do as many shows as we want and as many workshops and readings as we want, and continue to grow the Lorraine Hansberry Theater. 
Have you gotten in touch with ACT because of their spaces over at the Strand? We've spoken to ACT about using office space there, but we have not talked to them about using any of their spaces. They have a lot going on over there. At that point, you know, I wasn't really interested in working with predominantly white institutions rather than just go, okay, let's go to ACT and go for them. And they're introducing their audiences. I was really interested in working with my brother, Sean, and the Campo family in this mission for Lorraine Hansberry Theater. Is there just the one theater up on that floor where the magic is? Is there a second theater that could even be used? Do you know? You know, there was a second theater, which is the opposite side of the building that magic used to own, but they don't have that space anymore. Ironically, that space is where I performed another Lynn Nottage play called Fabulation for Lorraine Hansberry Theater. And that was the last show that was produced under Stanley Williams. Margot Hall, one other question, and then I want to talk a little about your career. When you become artistic director, it does involve two things. First of all, when there's a production, you're overseeing the production, and then there's all of the office work involved with being the artistic director. How does that tie in with your actual other work being an actor and director? Great question. Well, first of all, I have an amazing partner, Stephanie Schaffner, who is the managing director. So a lot of the administrative work, financial work, contracts, and all of that, Stephanie handles most of that. My job is more of the artistic brain of the organization to decide on what type of productions we're going to do what other programs I'm interested in implementing. When there is a production going on, you have a strong enough team, you have a great director, your cast is in place. I come and go throughout that process. I don't necessarily have to be in the room every rehearsal. But as you said, I sort of oversee that process. Check in with the director, make sure things are going well, things are on schedule. And Stephanie and I share uh, a lot of that work. We have a small staff. (laughs) Basically, it's Stephanie and I. And we have a great young person that has joined us through this incredible grant that Theater Bay Area gave out to young artists for a residency at a theater company of their choice, where they would pay for that artist to be a part of that company for six months. So Julius Reyes has come to us and has been a tremendous help in basically becoming our production manager, some a position that we haven't had before. And that's really been helpful in dealing with a lot of the things you're talking about, those administrative things. And Julius is also very creative. So they've been involved in really working with me on deciding for other programs and things. Now, when it comes to my other work, it's a juggle. I have a lot going on as we speak. I also teach at UC Berkeley, and I teach at Chabot College, a community college in Hayward. I'm currently directing a play for Chabot called, get ready for this title, The Mother with a Hat. And I am currently shooting a television show. 
Let's talk a little about the TV work, Blind Spotting here, which is a TV show, originally a film. And you are in the film playing the mother of one of the main characters. How did you get that role? You're mostly known for being a, a stage actor rather than film or television. So how did that come up? Is it just because they were producing in the Bay Area? Actually, I have a long-term relationship with the creators of the film, David Diggs and Rafael Casal. So David Diggs worked with Campo Santo. The very first time I met David, it, I, whew, it was a maybe 2014. I can't remember, but we were doing a new play by a young lady named Shinaka Hodge called Mirrors in Every Corner. And I played David's mother and his sister all in the same play. It's a brilliant play. And we went on to do other shows together and became fast friends. And then Raphael Casal was really good friends with David, and they would do their rap music together. They're both amazing rap artists as well as creators. So we were all just friends. Again, a Campo Santo family. And they would talk about this film they were going to make because they were always creating, making videos and and they loved the Bay Area. And they said, we're going to write this film about Oakland and, and you're going to be in it. And I was like, OK, that sounds great. You know, as I continued on to do all the other millions of things I was doing. So finally, they said, no, we, we did it. We wrote this film. And I said, oh, cool. And so they said, and you're going to play David's mother. I was like, fine, just let me know, you know, not really understanding. I mean, I knew I had done some film before and some television. But again, like you said, my focus has been live theater. And so we made the film and it was fantastic. It was a lot of fun. And they were like, oh, you were great. And I was like, OK, cool, because it was just hanging out with David and Raphael, you know, and everybody on the set was great. And then maybe like a year later, year and a half, they were like, oh, so Stars and Lionsgate want to make this into a TV show. And I was like, that's fantastic. And they're like, and you're going to be in it. And I said, oh, I'm going to be in a TV show. That sounds cool. And then we started shooting this television show during the pandemic in 2020. It was like, okay, great. So then I had to fly to LA. Again, I was teaching at both schools. And at that point, I had become the artistic director of Lorraine Hansberry Theater. So I was like, wow, okay, I'm going to have to fit all this stuff in. We shot that season and it went really well. I was in about six episodes, but really small parts. And then one episode, I was in a lot more. So it kind of worked out, right? It was fun. I fly down there. They pay for everything, hang out with my friends, get to be on television, and then do my other work. Now, this season is different because I'm in it a lot more. Going back to that first season, mm -hmm. I only watched the first episode, then realized there was a movie and went back, and I haven't gone on, and I will. You're not in that first episode. No. And if they said to you, you know, you're in three episodes, you have two minutes in each of the episodes. Do you film all of that at once or do you fly down three separate times? It varies. Last season, I went down to LA maybe 
about four times. And then we shot in Oakland. We spent about 10 days in Oakland. So that was much easier because I could just drive to the set because I live in Oakland. At one point, we shot two episodes at one time for my part. But most of the time, they're shooting that whole episode in a week. I mean, like now I'm going back and forth a lot more. Basically, you fly down in the morning, do something in the afternoon, and then hopefully you just fly back in the evening? Mm, No. (laughs) You normally have to get there because, you know, it's still in COVID. So you have to get there. You have to take a COVID test. Now, the thing about when we were doing it during the pandemic, I had to quarantine for five days before I even went to the set because I came from out of town. So I was there for like a week and then I would work maybe two days and then go back home. So you were stuck in a hotel room with nothing to do, just staying in the hotel room with your computer and whatever. Right. And at that point, we were teaching over Zoom. So that worked out great because I could just do my classes over Zoom. And then on my shoot days, um, I could take my computer to my trailer. And if I needed to, and you know, how exciting is that for my students? Like you're in your trailer. And I'm like, yes, now let's get back to work. So yeah, so that actually worked. Whereas now it's much harder because I'm in person and trying to fly back and forth to LA for longer stints of time because I'm being used more on the show. So for you, Margot Hall, what's the difference between getting on a stage in front of an audience in terms of acting style and being filmed close up in a kitchen set. Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. It's it's so different. There are two different animals that require different skills. I will say I'm very happy I do have a theater foundation, uh, a live theater foundation. I I feel like it's helpful for me anyway. Um, The biggest difference is In theater, you have all this time, right? You have four weeks to rehearse, massage your character, find your character, get to know your lover, get to know your mother, your sister. In television, it's like you show up and it's like, okay, this is your daughter, go. (laughs) So instantly you have to love her or depending on what that relationship is or you're in a disagreement with her, And you have three times, maybe four times to do it. And they shoot it at different angles and it's over. And that's it. You have to be ready to go. You don't have rehearsals. You might do a, what they call a table read, where everyone reads through the script. Your rehearsal is basically to set the camera angles. So you walk in to the set, fully makeup, hair, costume, And they say, okay, let's do a rehearsal. Basically run your lines, read your lines, get a couple little notes from the director, and then you go and you shoot it. And then they'll give you a couple adjustments, mainly camera adjustments, and you do it again. You know, like I said, I've done it before, but I've never done it on this scale and never had to. Normally I'm like somebody's secretary, right? I don't need a really relationship with that person. I'm the tenth. So I go in and I talk, and then I leave. But this, I have a daughter, I have neighbors, I have a son, I have all these relationships that I have to make authentic in the moment. And so that's where your other skills come in, where 
you just have to trust that the company has put together the right actors for the part and you come together and you make that magic happen in a very short period of time. Well, I know that when you're doing a play for an extended period of time, uh, as you have, and of course, you've also been the lead in several plays like Gem of the Ocean, when you're doing that, to keep yourself on your toes, every performance is a little bit different. That's right. And when you're doing this, you don't have a chance to kind of expand that way. It's kind of like, boom, 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 you're past it. Yeah. How does that make you feel? I mean, do you feel like underutilized? To me, I feel like an ice skater. You know how an ice skater, they do all this work, they get out there, they have one shot. And either they get the gold or they fall on their head. <laughs> it's a strange analogy, but it, that's how you feel. And luckily, you get to do it a few times, right? It's not just like, okay, that's it, you're done. You do get to do it a couple times, but there's not a lot of room for, oh, can I try this now? Can I come in this angle? It's like, no, the camera's right here. You you don't get to like sit on the couch now. <laughs> Whereas in theater, you know, you have time to practice that and you get to play with what's the best choice. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's different because your skills, you have to be so in tune with everyone around you when you're doing this, the uh, television and film. And you have to really know your lines, be ready. You know, you get four weeks to learn your lines when you're doing a play. <laughs> And you get the script maybe four days before you do the scene. What kind of room is there for improvisation on the television set? Yeah. Well, for blind spotting, I would say there's some room. We have some really funny folks on the show. And sometimes they just go on and they'll tell them, don't call cut, just keep talking. And they will say the funniest stuff. And I have to try not to laugh. And they just have a, this wonderful comedic timing. And so we'll all go on and they'll say this crazy stuff and we laugh and laugh. Since I am really starting to find my character, Nancy, every now and then I'll add a Nancyism, and everyone's cool with it. Or they'll say, why don't you just put this in your own words? We wrote this for Nancy, but what do you think Nancy would say? And that's the cool thing about having a relationship with David and Raphael, because they'll just, you know, come by my trailer and say, hey, we wrote this monologue for Nancy, but we really want you to read it and tell us your opinion, because they really respect me as an actor and an artist. And so they include me a lot. And I also get to hang out where they sit. And I watch a lot of what's going on. I listen to the dialogue. I watch how the cameras roll and all of that, because Hopefully one day I can direct for television. Have you watched yourself? And when you watch yourself in those, say, in the film, what do you see? Do you see the performance you think you gave? Or do you see some weird amalgam of your performance <laughs> and the director's or the editor's idea of what your performance should be? I see myself. I, you know, I, I have a tendency to really laugh at myself in a, in a very, not like laughing like at me, but I laugh at Margot who just takes on these characters and 
had a lot of fun with it. When I saw the film, it opened at the Grand Lake Theater in Oakland. And I was so nervous. And I kept saying, David, is it good? And they were like, you're amazing. You're fantastic. I was like, you sure? You sure? And so we're sitting in the theater and I could hardly sit still. And it was such an important film, right? I was so happy for them and proud of them. I wanted to do my best. So my scene came and I'm sitting there with my husband and some friends and I'm like, okay, 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 I'm ready, I'm ready. And it was great. And I was like, oh, you did a good job, Marco. Then I couldn't focus on anything else. So I had to go back and watch the movie again because I was just so excited about everything. So when I watch the television show now, it's 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 so funny, you know, because I know like, oh, they cut that or they changed that a little bit. And I really like Nancy. I think she's a really great character. And I think that they're really developing her in a wonderful way. I really get excited about being on the set and doing the show. Having been an actor in so many productions in the Bay Area, Uh, You know, people might recognize you or say, I enjoyed your work. Does it change when you've been in a television series that's been on stars and a film that's been all over the country? Has that changed at all? No, it's interesting because people will say, I saw you in that movie and I really loved you in Jim of the Ocean, (laughs) you know, not to neglect the movie. But even though they've seen me in that, or someone will say, oh, you're on blind spotting. I was watching that. But you know what? I saw you at Marin Theater Company in 2000, blah, blah, blah. And that's that woman who was in that play. <laughs> so th- sometimes they come go back to my theater experiences a lot, experiences a lot. I keep thinking about how Carl Lumley must feel Mm -hmm. after having been in all of those shows in the Bay Area and then being a character on the Supergirl TV series. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. When we would do shows together, Carl and I, and we'd have students come and they would just be looking at him. And finally they were like, oh my God, you were in Wonderverse on Disney. (laughs) And he was like, yes, I was the dad. And they were like, you were so good as the dad. And meanwhile, he's just, you know, performed some mega performance in Red Velvet as Ira Aldridge. But they loved it, you know. Can you take up an acting role in theater in the Bay Area and at the same time be in a TV show when you're doing a completely different character with different lines? Yes. I mean, I haven't had to do that yet. I never say no of something I can't do. So I think it's possible. But Richard, one of the things that I've noticed is, you know, running a theater, I knew that once I took this step, that my freelance career as an actor and director would be limited. I knew that. I knew that just basic you know, time available to take off and do something like that. With my teaching, I didn't know how possible that would be. And I remember when I first took on the job, a couple of artistic directors, they were like, this is great, but what does that mean for us? (laughs) Um, Will you be available? And I turned down a few things since being the artistic director because capacity 
in general. You know, once things started opening back up, people were like, oh, Margo, can you, we want you to do, and I was like, I, I, I can't, I really can't right now. And also I'm just starting in this position. You know, it has been two years, but it's still a lot of work for me to do to grow this, to grow Lorraine Hansberry Theater. I am writing a play now with a co-writer that is going to premiere at Lorraine Hansberry Theater. I'm not going to be in it, but I'll probably direct it. Something like blind spotting, which gives you an income and is a few times a year flying to LA, is actually easier than having to be in plays or directing in the Bay Area at the same time as you're doing uh, your job at Lorraine Hansberry, because that fills in the gap and gives you space. I would think. Yeah. You know, I'm at a place in my career when I didn't anticipate I would have all these things going on. At some point, I'm sure I'll have to make some decisions. I don't think I've said that out loud to anyone else other than family and friends. So Richard, look (laughs) at you making me talk about things. Yeah. I don't know where the television thing is going. Like I said, I'm going to have a lot more exposure this season. Who knows? There's a seat. If there's a season three, what does that mean for me? And I do miss theater. I miss acting on the stage. I miss directing. So I don't know what the future holds. Before I let you go, one final question, which is the final question I ask everybody. Along with with working at Lorraine Hansberry and Blind Spotting, Uh, Do you have any projects coming up right now where you're acting or directing that you want to mention? As I said earlier, I am directing the M Bleep with the hat at Chabot College, which actually opens tonight, the day before the Intimate Apparel goes into a preview. There is another project coming up where I'm directing for Pocket Opera. Pocket Opera is making a animated film, an all-Black version of The Magic Flute with Black opera singers and Black animators. And I am directing the acting portion, which is going to be uh, live actors as well. We've been working on that for a couple years, and Lorraine Hansberry Theater is uh, co-producing I'm really excited about that, but that's not going to come out until 2023. And I am co-writing a play right now with a really dear friend of mine, Tracy Tomer, who is basically taking on the writing right now while I am running around like a chicken with my head cut off. And that is a really great play. And it is a play called In the Evening by the Moonlight, which is a play with Lorraine Hansberry, Nina Simone, and James Baldwin. Is there another play on tap for Lorraine Hansberry after Intimate Apparel? Yes, we will be starting workshops and then going into rehearsal for a play about Mahalia Jackson, a musical. And I will speak more to that. That is going to be our holiday play. And we're getting all the ducks in order to make that happen. So look out for that during December. You've been listening to an interview with Margo Hall, who is the artistic director of Lorraine Hansberry Theater in San Francisco. For more information, you can go to LHT 
blindspottingthefilm.sf.org. Blind Spotting the Film can be found on the Roku app or can be rented via Apple. And the TV series Blind Spotting is on Stars. Feedback on this and other Radio Walensky podcasts is appreciated. You can write to bookwaves at hotmail.com and feel free to search out other interviews at bookwaves.com or on the kpfa.org website. Until next time, I'm Richard Walensky on the Area 941 Radio Walensky podcast. <laughs>